Soy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here, and it's so wonderful to have your company today for episode 328. This week on Toy Power, it's all about comics, and not just any comics, it's all about Australian comics, as we bring in a very special guest. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hello, hello. Scotty. Hello there. And our very special guest, Darren from Dark Oz. Welcome, Darren. Hey guys, awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Nah, it's yeah. great to see you again. We have caught up in the past at a number of the the toy fairs um, and sporting. What what car do you drive, Darren, at the moment? Oh, crikey, at the moment <laughs> I've got the my, my my first ever car back on the road at the moment. Oh wow, the uh, 1978 XC Fairmont sedan, 351 V8. It's back at the mechanics, getting some electrical work done. So, but I'm looking forward to driving that again pretty soon. Beautiful. Yeah, wow, that sounds good. I, I recall you had the Cthulhu number plate on one of your cars. <laughs> yeah. That's correct. Yeah, that's the uh, very famous yellow VG yeah. VJ Valiant hardtop. Yep, so yep. That's been in quite a lot of my comic books as well. So, yeah. <laughs> why not? Yeah, when you've absolutely. got something like that, absolutely, hundred percent. And and what would a Cthulhu number plate these days command? That's got to be a bit sought after, doesn't it? Well, I've had that for quite a few years. Um, that's a custom number plate. Cost two hundred and fifty dollars a year <laughs> to keep it. Yep. Yeah. Well, wow. that, that's well, on top of registration. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. for the number plate. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, fantastic. All right. Well, we got our. Get to know you questions. Yep, yep. So th- these questions, Darren, all you have to do is think back to when you were 10 years old and answer in that kind of mind frame. Okay. So what, as a 10-year-old, what was your favourite movie? Ah, uh, definitely Mad Max 2. Nice. Oh, very nice. good call. That's yeah. another car movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very easy question. Uh, yeah. uh, me and my brother, we used to love cars, car crashes, car chase movies, anything like that. We'd always ask my dad to take us out to the wreckers. we see smash nice. cars. And I don't remember it too much because it was so long ago now, but apparently I was a little kid and my brother as well. Whenever the adverts came on TV, we kept pestering our parents, take us to see that movie. And well underage, but yeah, <laughs> um, we went to see it. Uh, apparently I jumped out of my skin when the uh, Max opens the truck door at the start of the movie and the dead guy falls out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but no, absolute classic movie. Oh, it is. And it's uh, timeless as well, I think, yeah. yeah. Do you like the new one? I did. Yeah. I did. There's a lot yeah. of diehard fans don't, but uh, yep. no, I, I really enjoyed it yeah. for, for just for what it is. I it mean, was just it's so full on action. Like it's the mm. it's it's the core action movie I think of this era. Like a- it's, absolutely, yeah. the visuals just are stunning. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, there's a little bit of CGI just for the clouds in the background. Yeah. but Everything else is practical. Yep. It's just mm. the cars are amazing. They're yeah. all built and they ran. Yeah. And it's yeah. Just, yeah. Stunning. Yeah. Yeah. So like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage uh, done for that movie, and to squash it all down to a two hour or whatever it was is astronomical. So yeah. Yeah. Full on. Mad Max too. So that because that's near Davies' hometown where it was shot. Yep, that's uh, right. It's in a little. It's not Broken Hill. No, it there's is a, Broken Hill. Well, there's a, a little Silverton. Uh, Silverton. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. pretty much, pretty much yeah. Broken Hill. Have you ever been down to the Silverton Mad Max Museum? Plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, yeah. So every couple of years, there's a big Mad Max. Well, a, a Mad Max fan event out there uh, called the Silverton Collective. We will head out. A lot of people bring replica cars, dress up in costumes, go visit the locations, dress in their costumes, mm. reenact scenes. So we go to all the locations all around Silver and around Broken Hill, out to the Pinnacles, which mm. is you're not allowed out there uh, without permission. You have to get permission okay. from Aboriginal elders and also from the uh, the mines. Right. So you need yeah special permission to head out there. Mm. We've done it yep. quite a few times. It's always good fun. Yeah. Cool. That's, I had um, I met a. a fellow collector 
And I, I believe he's a tattoo artist. Steve Schultz. Steve Schultz. Yes, yes I sold I know, him. I know Steve. Steve. Right. Yeah, okay. He, my, my sister Callie does was um, friends with him, and then I think she, they went over to Wasteland Weekend over in America, yeah, which is basically right. yep. the American version of, of the event yeah. Steve's talking about. And she right. was literally my, there's there's footage of my sister being strapped to the front of a car, oh, like, no. like, oh, Mad Max oh, in the outfit and everything, and the car's wow. not going slow. No. Like, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Steve, Steve is an amazing cosplayer. Yes. He's done Max, yes. he's done quite a few. He's most best well known for doing Wes. Mm. Um, it look, I mean, he he gave me a business card, a card essentially, yep. which has his cosplay. I think it says Wes on there, mm. and I'm like. Why have you just got a picture of you know the guy from the film on here? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, I, no, no, oh, that's you. That's you. <laughs> that's like amazing. Well, just quickly on Steve, I'd recommend you get him as a guest here one day. Yeah. yeah. And if you ever go down to his tattoo studio, it's basically a toy room like. Oh this. wow! Oh, wow! It's, cool. Yeah, it's pretty right. cool. Toy pair on location. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might get I'm another tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there'd just be a buzz throughout this yeah, whole episode yeah. while Ben gets yeah. another tattoo. <laughs> Not just Ben, brother. Mm, everybody. <laughs> oh, we're all in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Tats all round. All right, going back to 10-year-old Darren, what was your favourite toy? Is this a toy show after all? Absolutely. Definitely Master of the Universe. Ah, Excellent. Um, yeah, uh, we, we love that. That was back when uh, there used to be uh, John Martins at Elizabeth. Yep. Yes. Uh, hey, yep. Cool. Yep. Used to head down there quite often. My dad would take me and my brother. We'd go there. I would get the latest figures. Um, yeah. Absolutely loved it. We had lots of toys for sure, all different ones. But the one I remember most was Massive Universe. Mm -hmm. And to this day, still kicking myself, that was the only toy I ever sold. I sold. I really needed the money when I was a kid. I sold the whole collection. Instantly regretted it. Yep. yep. Never sold anything else since. Yeah, Yeah, that's the way. Live and learn the lesson. (laughs) Any standout characters or play sets? Oh, obviously, the. Castle Grayskull, yes, Snake Mountain, yep, but yep. my favourite character was Trapjaw. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. He's a classic. Yeah. 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 yeah, He just looked really cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. All right, and who is the greatest comic book illustrator of all time in your opinion? My personal favourite all-time comic book artist is Kevin O'Neill. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably – a lot of people criticise his work in the day because they, they say he drew anatomy with a ruler, so everyone's right. got very straight yep. lines. But, no, he's just that. He only passed away last year, uh, so he's, he always worked in 2000 AD. Yes, um, yep. He also drew the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen comics. Absolutely right. amazing, working yep. with Alan Moore. But most of the time, a lot of the time he worked with Pat Mills on Martial Law before Nemesis the Warlock and a lot of 2000 AD early comics. Yeah. But his, his style of storytelling, it's so unique. The visuals are stunning and you can really – knows how to lay out the pages and make yeah. the characters yeah. work, the panels. And he did a lot of that, especially with Nemesis Warlock, that... Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. The is showing yeah. as one of the cover, cover yeah. art. Oh, that's it's awesome. Nemesis. That's exactly what I was about to say. Very biomechanical. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. a bit of H.R. Geiger-type styling in there. It's, yeah, absolutely. I love his work. I always wanted to ask him to do a bit of work on my comics, but yeah. I've missed the chance now, yeah. yeah. Is he an, a British-based? Absolutely, yep. yeah. No, very cool. He's got a very unique style. Mm. Like it, it looks, you know, like his art is his style, which yep. is yeah. in the comic book industry to have a very distinct style is yep. is amazing. That's, that's right, yeah. Mm. Uh, he worked on so many comics with Pat Mills and Alan Moore, uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I used to keep reading that over and over. I just yep. love the story and, and his art. You know, he does those old English backgrounds, you know, little cranes in the sky and, mm. and just weird architecture. It's absolutely amazing, yeah. Fantastic. And cool. um, are we? I'd love to get your thoughts on the movie, the League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen movie. This could be like um, this is No, no, no. It's, just an, it's an interesting thing because I watched that movie. This is my... So my, my perspective on that movie is I went to see it knowing very little about Alan Moore at the time. So I, I watched it as a, as a movie. And I yep. thought, oh, you know, this is kind of cool there's not a lot of comic book movies mm. out at the time it had a very interesting design aesthetic like that car, car. that sean yeah, connery yeah, drives yeah. like it's just beautifully mm. designed i thought yeah and then i kind of as i learned more i'm like oh, this is, this movie is actually trash right <laughs> based on what i understood about then alan moore so i had a really interesting yeah. perspective on it um and and I, I know how much i guess alan moore hated the movie mm. you know, and oh, he yeah. didn't want to be associated with it. But yeah. do you have a take? Is there any redeeming qualities of the movie compared well, to the, the comic? 
honestly a bit of a guilty pleasure. I do en- yeah. I do enjoy the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it is quite different to the comic books. They've made a lot of changes and very Hollywood. And so it's definitely, yeah, quite a bit. And you can understand why Alan Moore hates it. Um, <laughs> but for what it is, I actually do kind of enjoy it. Um, I've watched it a few times and, yeah, it's got some parts which are just wrong. But <laughs> at the same time, it's just it's just a bit of fun. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to, okay, let, let the movie people do what they want to do instead of you saying, well, this is how I wanted yeah. it to be done. And just enjoy it for what it is and just... Yeah, sit there and have some have some fun. Yeah, well, yeah. that's good that it's yeah. good that you can kind of enjoy it. Cause Separate the two. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. enjoy it as the film for well, what I, it is. I, yeah. Along the similar lines, I, I also quite enjoy the Stallone Dread movie. Oh, which, so do yeah. so, yeah. There you go. I'm a practical big, effects. I'm a big yeah. advocate for the uh, Stallone Dread movie because I argue to people that it, I don't think Dread would have been as popular in this sort of uh, area of the world if it wasn't for Stallone. Like I don't yeah. think I would have known who Dread was leading up to the Carl Urban one as much as I did if Stallone version didn't exist. Okay, okay. That's yeah. good to hear. Mm. Well, I, I was reading 2008 yeah. Judge Dredd long yeah. before that. Yes. Uh, and, and again, they make some big mistakes in the movie. Dredd of course. never takes, takes his, his helmet, helmet off. off. Yeah. His, their bikes didn't fly. No. <laughs> um, but aside from that, again, it's just uh, a yeah. guilty pleasure. And uh, Armand Asante as, as Dredd's brother was absolutely mm. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had the uh, ABC Warrior yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Which is when I was at San Diego a few years ago, um, they, someone uh, they just brought out the ABC Warrior Hammerstein yep. toy robot. Right. It, it looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah so yeah. no, I, yeah, a couple of movies I enjoy, even though you probably shouldn't. Oh, <laughs> definitely. And it's yeah. of its time as well. Yeah. I mean, it was a very different time to making movies and television shows today. Mm. Like they were, those films were few and far between to have a kind of comic book adapted film. You know, of, of something of that, that is pretty niche, I guess you Absolutely. consider. Yeah. Um. So just to see that translated to the big screen with a kind of Hollywood budget is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you've got it, like you say. Yes. Now we can do not taking the helmet off because that makes sense. But yeah. you're paying Stallone yeah. ten million bucks That's or right. whatever. You want to see, see his face, see, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah. sort of it's it, a pretty it, iconic face. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So Rightly it's, or wrongly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Conversely, maybe they paid $10 million not to look at his face. <laughs> Each of yeah. their own. Yeah, Arnie would have paid the fee himself. Like. <laughs> ah, yes, very good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into the main topic now, which is Dark Oz and the Australian comic book scene. And you are, Darren, flying the flag and have been for a very long time for Australian comics, done a lot of work and produced a lot of material um, tell us a little bit about Dark Oz, how you created it, how you got into it, and a bit about the journey. Um, well, okay, I, I grew up reading comic books. Our parents encouraged it. I'd buy us comics, so we read a lot. Grew up on a lot of Disney comics, which I still love. They're yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. visually clear and easy to read, mm. um, even if the sky might be yellow, whatever. You know, <laughs> they're, they're just great fun. And as we grew up, got into more comics like uh, I, I love the old Warren, Creepy, Eerie, Vampirella, all those yeah. sort of. Mm-hmm. I, I really like anthology comics, like short stories. So yep. um, they've, they've been a big inspiration for my own comics. So after that, obviously, got into 2000 AD and Heavy Metal. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, and even when I was at school, we were quite often like writing and drawing comics and in class, and, in, and I, I sort of did art class again to draw a bit more on the comics. And basically, I've been a big collector as well. Obviously, yeah. collecting mm-hmm. comics for a long time. I used to spend an absolute fortune. <laughs> it was crazy. I, yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, spent ridiculous amounts of money a long time ago <laughs> on comics. Yeah, that's um, that's not something we know nothing about. <laughs> Spending ridiculous yeah. amounts of money on things that most people go. What well, the trouble is, most of them in boxes unread. You know? yeah, yeah. Familiar with that concept too. Yeah. <laughs> Find so many, you don't have time to read them. So yeah. cut back now. Yeah, but um, it was basically in two thousand and nine. I, I kind of had a bit of time between jobs. I, I deliberately took some time. Mm. I thought I'm going to start making this comic book. So it took a year to put the first issue together. So the first issue, so basically I started in January 2009. Yep. And the first issue came out in March 2010. Right. Yeah, so that was right. my first comic, DK yep. number one, with my yellow VJ value. Yes, nice. With the number yep. plate on the front cover. Yeah. Um, by the time that issue came out, there was also 
by that time, material in work for the next issue. So even though it took over a year to put the first one together... Yep. You had the ball rolling. That's yeah. it. Yep. So the second issue came out two months after. In that first year, we got five issues out. Mm. The second year got six issues out. So Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And... I called the hot. My first comic was called Decay or DK, however yes. yep. you say it. My, yep. my initials are DK, so I've always. Nice. It's, never it's a put nice that little. Together. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a nice, yeah. clever usage, yeah. Decay. Yeah. Oh, there um, you go. Well, yeah. Uh, one other thing you might probably haven't realised as well is my business name, Dark Oz. Yeah. I don't suppose you know where that comes from. No. no. Okay, so Darren, D A R. Yes. And my surname, Kojiro. Oh, oh, there you go. Look at that. You've oh, this the whole yeah. time. Wow. So, yeah. So it's just. I guess the way people come up with names of the horses. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. Take yeah, letters wow. out their names. Beautiful. You should be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, those. Uh, so I've, I've always had stories that I've written in every issue, but in those earlier issues, because we were doing, I was, I was making so many issues, like 11 issues in, in, in two years. Mm. There were uh, 52 pages per issue as yep. well. Wow. There were yeah, quite a, a lot of other writers involved. So yes. I was an editor as well as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, I've really cut back on how many comics I'm putting out, and I'm basically writing all of the content now. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Uh, the best thing with making the comics is is all the people you get to meet and work with. Yeah. Um, like you write a story, and you get to work with some absolutely amazing artists, and you watch them bring your story to life. So they quite often they'll send you sketches, the thumbnails. Yep. And then uh, you'll go into the pencils, the inks, and then the colours, and, and you're just watching this come to life, and it's yeah. like your story. And sometimes it's a bit different to how you picture it. Other yep. times it's better. Yeah. And yeah, it's just an, it's an amazing yeah partnership working with all these people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Cool, cool. So um, what influences do you draw on for your Dark Oz comics? A lot of your stuff uh, is horror, you know, you know, and things, you know, and you've got your cars and stuff, the Mad Max, the Silverton things, you know, what else so, or what, you know, where does all that come from? Well, yeah, but it's, it's everything you've grown up with. I, yeah. I mean, over your, your 40 odd years or whatever, you know, just all that, all those comics we grew up with, all the, the creepies and eeries and, yep. and 2000 mm-hmm. ADs. And one one comic I really loved, only lasted for 31 issues from the UK, was Toxic. Right. Kevin O'Neill was a big part of that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so all of that, all your toys, all your movies, all your TV shows and, and everything you watch, it's just all forms. You've, you've always got that in the background of your mind and, yeah. and it's just every now and then you just reinterpret something or you get an inspiration. So you, you never copy something, but you definitely get inspired. Yeah, inspired. influenced by yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah, there's been quite a few stories I've come up with when I've watched or read something and I've just gone on a, on a total tangent mm. and it's got absolutely zero connection to the original inspiration but that's to where i got the idea from um so obviously yeah these days i'm chucking a lot of my cars in so i actually had one issue where i put all my cars as a (laughs) double page spread yeah so it's like nine cars across this yeah the center page of the comic is that was pretty cool um yeah it's it's just and ideas i've got i've got more stories than i can write uh more ideas in my head like i've I've got to always have a notebook so i'm always writing pen on paper. Yeah. Then I'll go home on the computer, type them up with a Word document as the scripts. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's no shortage of ideas. It's, my main problem is actually just fi- finding the time to develop the script, yep. really mm-hmm. flesh it out yep. and make the whole script. So you've you got to be able to tell the artist what to draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Mm. Talk yep. to us a little bit about the Australian comic scene in particular. You say to most people, oh, comics, and they think, of course, the big, you know, Marvel, DC, and these sorts of things. In an Australian sense, are there, uh, is there lots of other dark Ozzers out there? Do you, you know, know these guys? You catch up at cons? What's that sort of scene like? There's, there's plenty of them out there, absolutely. Mm. And you see lots of them at conventions. I do conventions all around Australia, have been doing so for the last 12 years. Nice. So, yeah, I really travel and meet a lot of these people and there's, there's so many out there and on top of all the ones that I know there's, there's probably that many again who I haven't met and yeah. don't know um, most people really though are kind of doing it I guess more as a hobby it's, yeah. it's it's all very small scale we don't have anything in Australia as big as Marvel or DC of course, yeah. um, obviously there's, there's through doing the Phantom mm. um, and there's a few others you know, sort of businesses trying to get up there but mostly it's it's quite all small independent stuff mm-hmm. um and as far as the uh 
independent self-publishers go. I'm, I'm probably the one who's been doing it longest, as yeah. in continually. Yeah. Um, so I've done. I've produced comics every single year for the last thirteen years. Yeah. So since twenty ten. Well done. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So like from an independent point of view, you think you said there were six issues in, in a calendar year that you put out for the... No, that was early, in the early on days. On the early yeah. days? Okay. Yeah. So uh, sort of last year in terms well, of numbers? Okay, well, last I'm just couple, trying to get an idea of scope. Absolutely. The last couple of years, it's probably only been like two or three comics per year and that's including what I'm doing for some clients. So right. like, as far as my own comics, the last couple of years, I've only got one issue of Retro Sci-Fi Tales out each yep. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've done a couple of those movie comics, Australian comic book movie adaptations. Australia, oh. yeah, Australia's first ever official comic book movie adaptations. Okay. Of some older movies like Ausploitation Classics. They yep. were released yes. from... Yes, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So including those, you'd be looking at yeah, probably around three or four comics per year. Mm-hmm. But as far as yeah, really my own material, it's only that really the retro cipher tower just getting the one issue out per year at yep. the moment. But a lot of stuff on sidelines and in the background. Yeah. Like we've got some work coming out in a new Australian movie soon, mm-hmm. which I'm not still not allowed to really. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it's in post production. Yep. So, right. yeah, we're not talking some like background backyard movies. Yeah, a big budget movie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool. So stuff like that. The comics themselves are still probably more of a hobby. Like, mm. but they lead to sometimes lead to some of this other extra work. For me and other artists, creators involved mm. in the comics. Yep. So that's a good part of it. Awesome. Yeah, Fantastic. I was going to say, like, in terms of the, the writing, so, you know, writing, creating your own comics, working with the artist to get on board, but then that's really a, a resume mm. for your credentials and, like you said, leads to other things. Yeah. What, what are some of the, the avenues that you've gone down as a result? Well, it's kind of like what you are saying there as, as a resume. The comics double as catalogues of artistic talents. Mm. Quite often I'll have clients contact me who've bought one of my comics and or read it, seen some artwork they like and they want to get that artist to do yep. some work for them. So yeah. um and that might just be a, a poster or an album cover. It might be a, a bit of small concept work behind the scenes on a project that you know no one's ever going to see mm. except for the client. Yep. Um but then of course we did like I said those movie adaptations. We've got this work in this this Big budget movie it's coming up as well and and there's plenty of smaller things around the place i've been invited uh to give to run panels give workshops and and, and participate on stage in, in talks yeah, and so yeah. on um i've been invited to adaptable and nexus where i'm actually pitching my stories my intellectual property mm. To film and TV producers. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. That, it's all those kind of contexts yeah, yeah, yeah. that lead to other projects. Mm. So, again, like I said, you, your own independent comic, you, you kind of do for the love of it. Yes. But by getting it out there and by working with so many people, especially because I'm making these anthologies, mm. so you get a huge variety of genres, styles, stories, and all the different mm. artists. Yeah. And that's why every comic is a is also a catalogue of just artistic yeah. talent. Yeah. So yeah. it really showcases the creators involved, and and a lot of they're happy to be involved because of that. Not that every single one of them always gets a, a job out of it instantly. It's come, it can take time. Yeah, and yeah, but it's it's always those opportunities that you have by doing that kind of stuff, and, and there's networking and mm. and so on. Yeah, mm. but. Meeting all these producers, film and TV producers for for Nexus, and, and uh, oh, it was just absolutely amazing. This yeah. year in particular, I just did it two months ago. It was absolutely brilliant. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. There's yeah. been a couple of times you sort of you have these meetings and, and you kind of feel like, oh, that was didn't feel right. But this yeah. year, it just felt really good. Yeah. yeah. And so very positive, yeah. Excellent. Cool. And you oh, – you go, Scotty. Far away. So you <clears> – <throat> Some of this stuff, I imagine, it's not uh, cheap to try and do this. Obviously, as I said, we're talking, you know, only a, a, a relatively small number of issues per year. Um, do you use Kickstarter for some of that? Have you done Kickstarters in the past to sort of, you know, get things up and running? Absolutely. Uh, when I first started, never used Kickstarter, mm. and that was always working backwards. You'd you'd um, you'd make an issue. You get mm. all these artists to do all this work, and other writers as well at the time then have to pay the printers to print this huge number of comics, mm. then slowly sell them to try and recoup all that yep. yeah. on, at the back end. 
these days, for the last four or five years, I, I've been using Kickstarter for mm. every new comic that I've been releasing, and it's absolutely brilliant. Basically, yeah. you're getting pre-orders for your comic, you get paid once Kickstarter finishes, yeah. before you actually print the stuff, so you can pay the printers straight away. Yeah. And that's much better way. You can glo- Kickstarter goes global, so mm. there's people all around the world. With my last Kickstarter, a third of the orders were, were to the US. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Well done. And that's yeah. despite the insanely high shipping cost, the, the postage prices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because some of those were like uh, new customers, so they buy the whole back issue set as well. Mm-hmm. And they're paying like $120 just on postage. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, the comics are so big and heavy. Yeah. And when they're buying like 11 or more at a time, yep. yeah, it really adds up. So that's that's a great a great thing with Kickstarter. I haven't tried any others. I know there's like uh, Indiegogo and there's a few others yeah, out there. But there's yeah. lots, yeah. So far I've only, only used Kickstarter. Basically... Aside from the art, I'm doing everything else. Yeah. So it's very time-consuming. So as far as setting up Kickstarter, you know, I do all that, yeah. which takes a lot of time. Then after you've made it, you've got to promote it. Yeah. And you've got to push it, you've without, got to update it. Like, yeah. That's all yeah. that without spamming people. So yeah. it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a real fine line and, and it's a lot of work on top of just trying to make Actually the comics in the, the first content. place. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 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 Well, it's it's a great model. I mean, we see it a lot now in the toy industry, pre-orders, Kickstarters. I mean, particularly with big play sets or big items. I think we're going to, you know, th- there might be some new HasLab news about new, new big things coming. But even these big corporations are using it to, yeah. you know, where they don't want to, you know, huge outlay, yeah. stock on the shelves, the risk out of it. But gee, for, for independence to get that money up front. And I think... As a consumer, we're sort of used to the model now. Yes. So it's sort of, you know, you kind of sympathize with the model. And I think most people, you know, like, you know, you got a few runs on the board, you know, it's going to be delivered, high quality operation. You don't mind waiting as a customer to get the product you want. So I think it's a a good win to have those avenues available. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen quite a few larger companies with comics as well Mm. as toys starting to use Kickstarter now and... And it's really good. I always try to have my comic basically finished yep. when I run a Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That so, yeah, show all the, yeah, basically, the yeah. when the Kickstarter finishes, it takes about a week for the funds to be collected and transferred to you. Mm. And by that time, because I know the money's coming, I've already sent them to the printers. Yep. And yep. once the money comes in, that week, you know, basically two weeks after Kickstarter, I'm starting to post out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, quick yeah. turnaround, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you, you sometimes see people who run a Kickstarter – and they'll actually tell you in there that they're trying to just get funds to make the comic, yep. so it's still sure. going to be a year or two away. Yeah, sure. Yep. As long as they're honest about that, then that's cool. But I just personally, I, pro- I try to get my comics finished during the kick, what, what yep. before the Kickstarter, yeah, so yeah. They, so I can post them out straight away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. You mentioned earlier collaboration is a part of the process of creation, and you interact with a lot of illustrators. Yeah. Do you care to name drop anyone that uh, <laughs> that you've worked with, or even and 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 adding to that, there have been celebrity interactions that you've had as a part of your process going to shows and supernovas and comic cons and stuff like that. Celebrities, yeah, go on. Uh, well, oh crikey, name well, drop. Well, well, obviously, <laughs> when, you, when you're doing supernova or comic con, those types of shows, they always have the big celebrities that they get in. Yeah. Uh, the problem, obviously, these days is you have to pay a lot of money just to get autographs and, and whatever. Yep. So that's open pretty much everyone. In the early days, with Armageddon was one of the great ones. Mm-hmm. They, they'd come walking by your table. So uh, John Rhys Davies, Laura Vanderbilt, oh. and a whole bunch of others. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Karen Allen and all these different oh. people coming up to my table. I uh, Once I was in Brisbane and Freddy Krueger himself. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, comes wow. walking by my table and says, Wow, amazing display. He yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Little, Basically, at the time, I was pretty much only doing the horror comics. That's yeah. before I started doing retro sci-fi. And so my wall, a, a double t- double table covered in these giant yeah. horror posters. Mm. He just came by and, and just loved it. Yeah. I got a photo with him afterwards. Yeah, nice. Um, as far as name-dropping people who've worked on my comics, well, there's over 200 people who've worked <laughs> yeah. on the comics. Awesome. So it's... Uh, we yeah. got time. We got, got six hours worth of recording. It's an amazing amount of content. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, it's incredible. So it's one of the biggest showcases of Australian talent, as yeah. well as international guests, but mostly yep. Australia. I, I, 
in most comics, whenever there's a short story, there's always at least one Australian creator per story, yep. either the writer or the artist. Um, so I do get a few international guests, and some of them are just so amazing. Mm. Yeah, you know, like, uh, well, it's, I got this one guy over in, uh, well, actually in Germany, mm. well, now he's actually just moved to Spain, Federico De Luca, stunning artist, mm. absolutely amazing. He contacted me uh, probably like 10 years ago, said, yep. can he do some work for me? And we've been working together oh, ever wow. since. Oh, nice. He's yeah. actually drawing a 65-page uh, a graphic novel for me at the moment. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, and it is just it is just mind-blowing. Yeah. It's uh I'll have to get a pre-launch for the Kickstarter going for this fairly soon because basically this is a, a new Captain Ice story. Captain Ice has been in every issue of Retro Sci-Fi Tale so far. Mm -hmm. It is a PG-rated, bit of cheesecake fun yep. stories yep. like uh, Flash Gordon but kind of Abbott Costello meets uh, Go to Mars when I oh, met, met yeah. Bikini Babes, that type yeah. of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, this new story is more mature readers with Captain Ice battling Nazis. Well, yep. mm. Sexy Nazi babes, like it's more like Flash Gordon meets Ilsa. Oh, double the, yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, and this this is absolutely epic. I actually had to get another writer to basically help me write it. Yep. So I'd, I'd been working on the story for so long, and I just couldn't finish it. But I got this absolutely amazing writer. In the UK, yeah. yeah. So it's not always Australian, but yeah, this guy wrote. With me. He was a founding member of my oh, an alternative rock band. I can't remember which one. Uh, might have been my bloody Valentine. Oh wow! Uh, From the UK. Oh okay. Uh, but David Conway, yeah, he's a writer. Um, so this story is absolutely epic. He's also working with me to write the new sister story, which yep. is my most. Asked about comic, Every, the most when I'm at conventions, everyone's always coming. When's yeah. the next sisters coming? Okay. Ah, yep, yep. For those <laughs> listeners who don't know, the sisters are three very sexy vampires who go around killing everyone, normally taking their clothes off so they don't get blood on their expensive <laughs> clothes, whatever. That'd be because uh, it's set in the past, isn't it? It's like a. Uh, well, you don't uh, want to get those dresses. Uh, well, that's it. So dry cleaning in the 1800s. Oh, that's right. Is, is brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, had, common sense, they had quite please. a few short stories in, in in my horror anthology DK before getting their own one shot, which was drawn by Michael Dukovic here in Adelaide. It's the art in that is amazing. insane. He, he's yeah. just well, he's retired from drawing now, but he his artwork yeah. over the years has been stunning, absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And he's right here in Adelaide. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Absolutely amazing art, and, and everyone's still asking when's the next issue coming. Yeah, the, the, biggest, the biggest problem is okay, that, that first issue was a 28 page story. Yes, the next comic is, is going to be 160 pages. Oh what? my gosh, so that's, that's four stories. It's, it's going to be released, we're even going to release it as a four issue miniseries, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then probably collect it as a trade paperback graphic yep. novel, yeah, but. Finding someone to draw that, right? You're going to need substantial funding. Yeah. Um, going back to name dropping, as far as my comics though, um, absolutely without a doubt, I've worked with a lot of amazing artists. Ben Sullivan in Melbourne, without a doubt, is my number one contributor, mm -hmm. collaborator at the moment. He's for the last five years, he's just been phenomenal. He's probably doing more work than any other. Yeah. Probably from most of the other artists combined, really. Mm. Yep. Uh, the last issue of Retro Sci-Fi, he, um, he he drew the um, twenty-two page Horrorwood story at the start of the comic, and another nine page story at the back, and and all the variant covers. Like mm. there was like seven different covers he drew. He's just phenomenal. Uh, he's from Melbourne, also in Melbourne. Franz Cantor, he did the sisters cover. Yep. Awesome. Um, yep. He's done the covers for the uh, the movie comic books that we've made. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, he, he's just brilliant. He's, he did the one of the variant covers for the final issue of DK issue twenty four. Um, oh, crikey! Uh, there's so so many people I've worked with. I, if I started naming names, I'd just yeah, keep yeah. missing people. Yeah, so. yeah. But now it gives us it certainly gives us flavour. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, one of our uh, uh, Patreons uh, from Tasmania, Brandon Crates, has worked with you. For, he's a writer. Yes, has worked yes. for um, you, and he. Um, I reached out to him and said we we're having you on board. Uh, so let's tune in. So yeah, he's yeah. quite excited to hear that. That was in uh, one of the issues of DK Horror Comics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crikey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Australia's a smaller place than uh, sometimes people realise. So we're all interconnected in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, actually, one of my friends in Adelaide he pointed out to me he just seen someone's post. This guy in America, an yeah. artist in America, doing this post. Mentioned his first ever break in comics was doing a story for my comic. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, this guy, like 10, 12 years ago, yeah. he contacts yeah. me. I, I, I want to draw a story. So, okay, here's yeah. a script, draw yeah. this. Yep. He drew it. Years later, he's still drawing comics. Yep. And, and mentions how DK was his first oh, ever beautiful. comic. Beautiful. That's yeah. fantastic. So, yeah. oh, good. I, I love that. That yeah. just speaks to, you know, I, I think, in fact, you know, the writer strikes going on in America. And um, I saw Jamie Lee Curtis did a post. Mm. And I didn't, I was sort of, it came up in my feed and I was watching this post and it was an episode of Columbo. Yeah. I used to love Columbo, right? Like Peter Falk comes in, he's, he's in a diner and he's chatting and then a waitress, you know, pours him some coffee. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, and she's like, I finally found it. You know, my first appearance on screen, on screen. Oh, and okay. here it was in you know Generally, as an extra yeah. Yeah. pouring Columbo. Columbo a coffee in one of his detective shows, and she was sort of making the point you know it's a hard industry. We all remember our you know we just want to work in it. We work yeah. so hard to get in it, and here's the first thing, and that's so like you know that that break in when you're made it, you're yeah. working, something gets published, and it's so lovely to to be part yeah. of someone's journey that yeah. uh, goes on to do great things. So mm. that's fantastic. Along kind of similar lines, and along the sort of several celebrity line. I had a story published in Heavy Metal Magazine in America. Mm-hmm. And that was actually, a, it was only a little four-page story drawn by Federico DeLuca, who I mentioned mm-hmm. it before. Yep. And this was a, a short story that I published in DK number 15. I then sent the story to Heavy Metal and I had an email a few months later come back saying Kevin Eastman, who was oh, writing, wow. yeah. writing the... Uh, Heavy metal at the yeah. time. Right. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he made millions off the turtles. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Heavy metal was going under. He loved it so much that he saved it and bought it. Yep. Um, he chose my story. Oh. So I get this email saying, Kevin Eastman wants to run your story. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. That was, just, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. It's so yeah. good, isn't it? He yeah. sounds like an absolute legend yeah. from all accounts. You're yeah. just like, I'll yeah. let him run the story, but he has to do some work for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I want yeah. that cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that, the issue of heavy metal was number 268. If you can find it, Ooh. it's it's very hard to find. Okay. Yep. okay. It, right. For whatever reason, I like to think because my story was so good. <laughs> yeah. 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 It sold out very fast. Right. Uh, okay. I, I actually do think it had a, a, a lower print run than yeah. others. Okay. So, it sold out very fast. If you can find a copy, you're doing well. Wow. Because it's you know, getting up sort of up there in the price value. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, now, we're all Adelaide-based, Adelaide-based here. Yep. Inspiration in terms of Adelaide landmarks. You talked about the cars <laughs> featuring. I reckon I've seen a cover, one of the retro sci-fi with the famous... Santa Claus, yep. absolutely, yep. Um, and there's a parade that that may be in that issue. Ooh. Yeah, um, can you talk us through some of the iconic SA or Adelaide-based Adelaide elements that drops. have found? Yeah, bring it, bring it in. Make, make, yeah. put Adelaide on the on the land. Absolutely, that's been a very popular issue here in Adelaide. Yeah, mm. quite often I'm in a state, you people come up. Oh, you should live in Adelaide. I recognise yeah. that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's the the very famous John Martin's giant yep. Father Christmas yep. on the front of the John Martin's building. Back in the seventies uh, and eighties, mm. um, so he had to make that as a cover for one issue. Basically, it's we, and there's a UFO in the background. Yep. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> little Martians invade, well, hide in the Adelaide Christmas pageant. It's a pretty, they basically hide in plain sight. It's a very yes. easy place for mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. aliens to blend in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's still still one of my best sellers. Uh, everyone loves that. So, I, I don't ever want to make the comics. Uh, corny or cliche. Sure. So I like to drop, put stuff that's a bit more obscure or subtle. Easter eggs. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've had the Sydney Opera, Har- Sydney Harbour Bridge yep. in one of the stories, but it was like just, you know, yep. In Back- one, one sort of one small panel, panel in the background yep. type thing. But, um, yeah, it's like all, as far as Adelaide goes, um, up at sort of up Port Wakefield Highway, you get. Those statues on the side yes, of the road, yes. the giant statues. Yep. So yep. I put those in one issue. Yep. No, yeah. they're very kind of like metal, aren't they? Like yeah. welded, yeah. sort yeah. of. Absolutely. You've, you've yep. got Actually, the, the bug and the, the, uh, bug, yes. the the people looking out. You've got the UFO. That's it. And yep. Ned uh, Kelly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just in, just this year, yeah. 
Most of them have been taken they down. Have, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They, they, some of them didn't survive, uh, you know, the weather and things like that. And yeah. they were just on private pop- property, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they used to have a, um, a toilet, like just like a, you know, outdoor toilet thing. The golf yeah. is going down <laughs> and things like that. And I, I don't think there was any maintenance on them. So as soon as mm. uh, the sort of the tower, the army guards looking out, yeah. mannequins, as soon as they fell over, right, the whole thing's coming down. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so I think, but they lasted a while. They lasted uh, over 20 years. Yes. But, yes, uh, and I remember the giant cockroach. Once. That was probably yes. the most famous. Well, yeah. that got put into the rubble did, for yeah. a while. I've got mm-hmm. photos of my kids hanging from its mandibles, uh, <laughs> you know, when it was uh, you know, on display. Um, yeah. So yeah, but because we used to trek up to Munta all the time, so that we'd drive past that, um, you know, those statues all yeah. the time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely do try to put a bit of Australiana in the comics mm. at times, but not always. There's obviously stories sure. set in the U in, in America. There's stories yeah. uh set in outer space. Uh Captain Ice, he's a fighter pilot from from England, so yep. during World War Two. Uh Cat Knightley, she's a reporter for, in in New York. But there's there's definitely quite a lot of Australian stories and content and characters. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic. Uh Bruno and Maggie they're my version of like Australia's X Files. Yeah, so they they drive around in a yellow VJ <laughs> oh, yeah. with a big yeah. supercharger. So yeah. in real life, my car's not supercharged, but in the comic book now it yeah. is. Why not? Um, so they drive around chasing UFOs, um, and when the latest issue, I've been chasing monsters. So cool. Yeah. Any sort of dream projects? If you see other stuff out there, and you just go, I would kill to work on this comic. Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to write Judge Dredd. That would yeah. be, oh, yes. That would, without doubt, be my number one. I'd love the opportunity to work on anything Mad Max related, yeah, if it yeah, yeah, ever yeah. could. Um, obviously, I did the Silver City fan magazine, but that's yeah. just like uh, photos of events that I put mm. together and some of the original cast and crew came on and, gave, and contributed some articles to it. Mm. But to be able to do something in the universe type thing, to be able to work with that. At the same time, though, I just love creating my own material. I was like, going to ask you, know, you, it sounds like you're almost doing your dream job because it's all your own yeah, Well, your that's own it. I mean, um, you, could get, you could get jobs working with Marvel and DC. You could write Superman. You could write Captain America, whatever. Mm. But when you're creating your own characters and, and giving them life, it's never going to sell as well as yep. these iconic, um, well-known characters. Mm. Yeah. But it's a lot more satisfying when people do buy it. Yep. And, and come back and tell you they've enjoyed it and they, and they want the next issue and that kind of thing. It's mm. like, well, they're my characters that I created. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I own cool. the intellectual property and, and you've done that. And, and that's that's even better. So I, a while ago I did a, a Cthulhu comic. So there were four yep. short stories of Cthulhu. Yep. Yep. And that sold very well. So people have quite often said to me, why don't you do another one because it sells so well. So you're like, why do I do I did it the once yep. and that was mm. fine for me because I, I just wanted to do it. Yep. But... I'd rather spend the time making my own story, my yes. own comic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but obviously when you, you get clients and whatever you're working for those, they pay the bills. So yep. you have to do – you've got to take that when it comes up as well. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So that's part of the fa- deciding factor as well, yeah. Mm. When you're writing these these characters you create, and and I, I can only imagine you know spending a lot of time and immersing yourselves and thinking about these stories – do they ever sort of take on a life of their own? Do they ever sort of come to life in your head and almost write themselves? They take on their own personality? Quite often, sometimes. Um, I'm actually, as far as writing goes, I'm, I'm not a really good person to contact for, for uh, advice, I guess. Right. Yep. I'm actually uh, quite a slow writer. Okay, yep. <laughs> and uh, quite often, uh, I know some artists have been quite frustrated with my scripts because they're not finished. So mm. I'm, I'm sending them a few pages. I'm just basically keeping ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, just feeding them. Yeah. What, what happens yeah. next, Aaron? I need yeah. a couple, you know. Uh, for, oh, just, just I'm, just gonna, I'm holding back intentionally. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'll, I'll give them the overall outline of where it's going. But yep. they, uh, yeah, as far as actually having a finished script, and even quite often when I do send them a script, the uh, the dialogue's not always finished. The game mm. has a general idea of what's happening and what they're saying, so you know whether to make the person happy, smiling, angry, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but and even when I do have dialogue in the script, quite often once it's drawn because I I do the lettering as well. Quite often I'll re, re redo it all, or yep. I'll yep. rewrite it, re-letter it. Uh, there's a, there's a few reasons for that. Quite often you're just the way it's drawn. You 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 write it to match. So you might have written it one way in the script. Yep. When it's been drawn, 
you suddenly way the way they look, the way they're acting. Maybe the artist has drawn the the person who talks first on the right instead of on the left, which is a you know big no no. So then you just have to you're forced to change it, or either that oh, will flip the panel, which you can't always do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I spend a lot of time just rewriting as mm. I'm doing the lettering. Yep. So it's, it's it's a very slow process for me for the way I work. So I was, like I said, I'm not the best role model <laughs> as far as a writer goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting though because I mean, like I mean, comics are very different to say a Hollywood or a, a feature film. But the amount, I mean, I'm I'm always blown away by kind of this concept of the reshoot. You know, you get a you shoot it, you get a cut together, mm-hmm. and then you go, okay, well we're missing this or this doesn't work, mm-hmm. and now we got to. Get all the actors back and you know, back another another huge. twenty million bucks, and we'll do reshoots. But I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. on a smaller scale. You're getting feedback from the art, yeah. and it's informing the the content. And that, to me, like it makes sense. Yep, absolutely, right? yeah. And 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 you you are kind of in a way doing those reshoots as you go along because the artist will send you the the the, the rough layouts, or thumbnails, or, or whatever first, and you go, okay, well, this, yeah. You, you need to swap these people, whatever, and, and just get it right. Then I'll do the pencils and then do the inks and the colours. And yep. Even sometimes, pretty rare, but even sometimes then we'll say, okay, we need to redraw this panel. Mm. Um, so there's been a couple of times we've had to actually you know, get a, 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 pay, a even a whole page sometimes redrawn mm. or added or just swap the order, move, shuffle panels around to make them fit better or to make the flow of the story work better. So there's a little bit of that, but... Yep. I said, if you've got a good script done in the first place, you shouldn't really have Yeah, it. yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very good. So uh, 24 issues of Decay, is it actually finished? Is it actually, and or will there be a chance of volume two? Ooh. There is definitely a chance for a yep. return. Yeah. yeah. Now, a lot of people still keep asking for that. And yep. a few people said, why didn't it finish with 25? Well, I just like the 24 mm. number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-four um, hours in a day and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, there is very much definitely a chance of it coming back. Before that, like, I'd probably like to publish a couple sort of uh, collections of the yep. best of stories. Yeah. Maybe a black and white one because a lot of stories indicate were in black and white, mm. and then there were a lot of color stories and later issues. So I'd probably do one best of black and white collection yep. and then one best of color. Uh, I would love to bring it back, but again, because I'm I am a bit slow and yeah. I've got a lot of other projects on the sidelines, clients on the side, whatever, yeah. and day job and so on. To focus on it uh, would take a lot of time. So like said, with, the, with the earlier issues, there were a lot of other writers who probably have to look to go down that path as yeah. well of getting more, yeah. more creators, which again is a, a headache and a juggling act in itself. Of course. Um, mm. So there's, there's definitely want to bring it back. It's a matter of when, really. Yep. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. You mentioned other projects. Is there anything you can, I mean, you've sort of mentioned a couple as we've been chatting, but any, any things in the fire you want to sort of tease or tease out or let us know or put out there? Well, I've got two pre-launch links on Kickstarter at the moment for yep. two upcoming yep. projects. There's the uh, those movie comics we're talking about. I'm mm-hmm. actually doing a, a a larger collection. That'd be so, cool. Yeah, yeah nice. Because the comics yeah. were printed and, and released in inside the Blu-ray case when you bought the movie on Blu-ray. So oh, yeah, you're nuts. Basically Small. miniature, yep. yeah. tiny little comic books. Um, so I have I have permission to print them at magazine size and do a couple of collections. So that's just in the background. Nice. So mm-hmm. I was supposed to launch that at the start of this year, but it's been delayed. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll be starting next year. I've just, in the last week, set up the pre-launch for Retro Sci-Fi Towers number 12. Mm-hmm. Yep. But aside from that, yeah, we work in the background working on that Captain Ice Antarctos story where he's yeah fighting the Nazis. Yeah, the sisters' story that's that's well and truly in the background mm. until I can find someone who's willing to commit to draw 160 pages mm-hmm. and and find funding to pay of them. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, what else? Um, there's, well, there's there's a couple other sort of graphic novels in the work. Uh, there's a big dinosaur one. There's cool. a uh, a couple of science fiction epic fantasy stories. Very cool, but they're just so big that again, it's just a matter of finding the right artist mm-hmm. and who can really commit to it and sort out payment plan. Mm. You know, whether that's with a Kickstarter pre-launch or whatever, 
or finding a sponsor. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. not a lot going on, really. It just <laughs> <sounds> <laughs> far you just out. don't have enough hours in the day, Darren, no, exactly. to get it all to get yeah. it all done. Yeah, that's crazy. This will be interesting then to see if you've got any time for consuming media mm-hmm. in its own sense. Is there any show? I mean, television these days is amazing with all the streaming that we've got, or movies. Is there anything that's out that's sort of current that you're invested in that you just want to consume either it being books comics movies television what what what's taking your attention at the moment actually no not really not really you don't have enough time too busy creating yeah yeah, you're doing it all yourself it it does feel that way Um, as far as all the streaming shows i basically haven't seen any of them so when i catch up with my friends and they're like talking about all these different tv shows that you've watched all there's like you said there's so much out there it's like I, I don't even try. I can't yeah. try. I don't yeah. know where where the hours come to sit down and yeah. watch this stuff. Honestly, if I'm not working on my day job or working on the comics, then I've got other things to do. I've, yep. got, a, I've got my block out in the country. I'm trying to tinker away and work on that. Let's do stuff around the house and whatever. Um, when I sit down and have a break, I, like, I, I, I kind of like just – well, firstly, I'd rather watch a movie than a TV show because yep. – it's just it's two hours and it's done. done. It's okay. like if you're watching a TV show, you got endless episodes yeah, or whatever yeah. too, yep. and it's like that commitment. I I, I don't really have the time. Mm. And if you if you're not really taken by it, you, you still feel compelled to keep watching. I just like watching a movie. I like short stories and, and and anthology TV shows and whatever. But even still, I've heard there's a new creep show going, but I haven't seen that. Um, I'm just really so far behind. I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I haven't seen yep, yep. anything. I'm it's hard once you've got, once you sort of miss the boat on these things. Yeah. Like there's so yeah. many good shows that people go, oh, have you seen this, yeah. you know, yeah. seven season, 24 episodes? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. it's done. Start, I can't, like, you know, yeah. it's too yeah. late now. That's right. Um, and uh, people are just blown away that I haven't seen Stranger Things when like a lot of my uh, comics are very right much. right up your alley, yeah. Exactly, yes. yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I, like I said, I just... I don't even try anymore. Yep. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, quite often, I'll just. I still collect DVDs and Blu-rays. I still collect laser discs. Yeah. Uh, so every now and then, I'll just pull out an old movie, sit down and watch it. Even if it's a movie I've seen a dozen times, yep. I'd rather just sit down and enjoy that for for my night break. And yeah. What was um Ben? Your went and saw yeah, the thing. Yeah, with we went Scott. and saw the thing. You yeah. were there. And yeah. Were there. You, you caught that with us. So that was awesome. That was brilliant. Yeah. So that's one of those other recent projects that took yeah. a bit of time to work yeah. on. Uh, that was very cool. Yeah. So I'm doing those Friday nights with Palace Nova, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. promoting their, their cinema releases. Uh, Hellfire, Bonfire. Bonfire, bon- bonfire Horror Club. Yes. Yeah. Horror yeah. Club. That's right. Yeah. So. And and do you do different comics for every film, or what's this? No, uh, I just did that for the uh, John Carpenter. Sort yeah, of thing because it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Just it's got to be the, the best horror movie ever made. Oh, well. for sure. Yeah, I couldn't believe how many people. I don't know if you were there. Walked in when um, the MC was talking, but like they said, how many people haven't seen this film? And like thirty people stood up, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like <laughs> yeah. it's either. A, going to blow them away, or B, they're going to be, um, you know, the anticipation that it's going to be, you know, a 19 out of 19 movie mm, yeah. is going to be, they're, they're going to understand it, or they're going to be like, well, I didn't think it was that great. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Much. Yeah. 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 I, so. I think everyone's still going to love it. It hasn't dated. No. I mean, aside, yeah. aside from when he's playing the chess game, yes. that looks a little bit, yeah. but mm. nothing else in the movie is dated. No. The, no. the special effects are better than yeah. any CGI. Yeah, now. Stan Winston, you know, Winston, he's, he's yeah. the, uh, yeah, well, the man. So yeah, well, hey, Rob yeah. Bowden yeah. did a lot of. Yeah, he almost yeah. killed himself working <laughs> so hard. Yeah, more slime, more slime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, just brilliant. So yeah, that, that kind of stuff. I love, I love yeah. the old classics. Yeah. yeah, no, fantastic. Very good. Cool. And I remember, actually, you picked up... I think they were, in fact, Stan Winston figures from me. I had some yes. six of these um, kind so, of... I think that was Simon Bisley artwork. It was, yes. Yeah, Simon, was it Simon Bisley? Yeah. Um, they were really, like, horror, horror-esque. Yeah, big, um, bulky... Wasteland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. Have you have sort of got any other horror... There, there's some amazing horror figures out there. Do you have a bit of a toy horror collection? Only a little bit. Those that I got from you that time, that was just absolutely amazing because uh, that was one of those toy trade show days and everyone's yes. going there to get yep. Master of Universe, Star Wars yep. and Turtles. Mm. 
I'm looking for the more obscure stuff. So yeah, yeah. I think no one else looked at those except for me. And I was like looking at them, and thinking, these are amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Star detailed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They're not Star Wars turtles or masters, but they were just absolutely brilliant. And I straight away recognised them as being Simon, based on Simon Bisley's artwork, who's one yeah. of my another favourite artists. So they were brilliant. I just love those. Yeah. Mm. Still, I still got them. Yeah, very yeah. good. Oh, that's nice. good. They're good. They went to a good home. Yes, absolutely. Um. <laughs> and you'll be there at the Adelaide. Uh, Comic and Toy Fair in October. Absolutely. Yep. yep. I'll be killing myself to get there. Oh, okay. Because uh, I'm doing four events on that weekend. Oh, oh wow. In in yeah, Adelaide right. or around Australia? <laughs> Dare I ask? Oh, yeah, oh, Melbourne and Adelaide. Oh no! Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, on the red eye. So, the Friday night they've got one of the Palace Nova movie nights. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting a friend to run that because yeah. I won't be able to make it. Yep. Because I'll be in Melbourne. Yep. On the Friday and Saturday for a Mad Max event. Oh, yep. wow. Yeah, nice. So that's on the Friday and Saturday. And then on the Sunday, when we're supposed to be setting up at yeah. the Comic yeah. Show, I'll be still be in Melbourne <laughs> for the uh, Astor Film Bazaar. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very cool show. If you like movies, it's, uh, there's so many great collectibles there. The people yeah. in Melbourne, their own little private stores, they sell, yep. sell collectibles. It's just absolutely amazing. That show, I'll finish that show about 5 p.m. Get in my car and drive back to Adelaide. Oh. I'll get home about two a.m. Mm. and then do the Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair. I'll be there from oh, no about, sleep. Yeah, yeah. I'll be we'll there. bring wow. you some uh, caffeine, yeah. Red, Red, Bulls. Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come over and say hello. But um, I will have helpers setting up my store yeah. on the Sunday. Uh, yes. So basically, be ready for me to go. Uh, so a couple other people like looking after my block of land out in the country while I'm away. That type of mm. stuff. So that has to happen these days. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but yeah, basically, four Dark Oz events in one weekend, <laughs> with me driving back on the Sunday night from Melbourne to yes. do the show in Adelaide on Monday morning. Monday being a long weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's long. dedication. And well, back, if, and then back to work the next day. Yeah. Prob- oh, prob- <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned I, that. I thought I was busy, but <laughs> gee, this has put a, a new perspective on things. Get get around it. if you're in Adelaide and you get to the October. Yep. Comic and Toy Fair that Brad Owen puts on at St. Clair. Yes. Come along and say hello to Darren. Keep him awake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give him it's, a coffee injection. Check out the wonderful comics on offer. It what? is a fantastic show. I'm just really disappointed about not being there on the Sunday because that's my only time to really look around. Yeah. 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 That's the uh, best time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because I've, I've, during the show, obviously, I'll be behind the table. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That, that's always one problem being an exhibitor. Yeah. You're always behind the table. Even when I was at San Diego in 2016, I was an exhibitor there. Oh, yeah. wow. But, again, didn't get to leave my table much yeah, at all. Yeah, you're there yeah. all day. It's yeah. a long day. Yeah. Well, yeah, where can, on the interwebs, where can people find you if they want to see more of your stuff? Okay, so look up Dark Oz, D-A-R-K-O-Z. Um, you'll find the website. Um, on Facebook, is actually named after my horror comic, DK. So look up DK, D-E-C-A-Y. Yeah, DK. Yeah, yep. DK Horror Comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, type in those three words Decay Horror Comic and you'll find the Facebook and otherwise just search for my name Darren Cosio on Kickstarter mm-hmm. you'll find about nine previous projects and two upcoming yep. and others when they're released and every Kickstarter I've run has always been successful and fulfilled nice. um, they've always yeah always done very well and the great thing with the, the Kickstarters even though they are old now mm. is they still have tons and tons of amazing information and images even better than my website and the Facebook right obviously Facebook you got to keep scrolling down for yeah. years and years it's a resume of your successful projects yeah really. absolutely like, yeah. absolutely my my website badly badly needs updates <laughs> but, but there's a wealth of information there I was having a little browse on there and it's got all your comics and who did what and everything yeah. so there is quite a wealth of information. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's the website itself is clunky. Mm-hmm. It's hasn't been updated this year. So Retro 11 isn't even on there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, and some of the prices need updating. So if people do jump on the website and click the PayPal buttons to get themselves a bargain. Nice. <laughs> Go and buy now. Buy yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> get it dirt cheap. Brilliant. Well, that is wonderful. Thank you so much, Darren, for coming on to Toy Power and having a chat about comics and all the stuff you're doing you're a busy man awesome. we, we gotta let you get get home and get some sleep <laughs> by the sounds Catch of it up on hours. beautiful well, wonderful thanks for having me it's been great and i love sitting in this toy room for the guys who 
listening, you can't see it. <laughs> this this room we're in is just filled with toys. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, makes Beautiful. the acoustics Thanks, great, doesn't it? As it well, does. Frank, all that sound dampening, all that, all that mutant sound <laughs> dampening, twenty thousand toys. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. All right, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Toy Powder. It's always so wonderful to have your company. And to all our patrons, thank you so much for your ongoing support and chatter on the Discord. Stay safe, take care, look after one another, and we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast, at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. Oh, <laughs>